Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure to join you in reading God's Word. Today is Thursday, October 12th. I'm reading from the New International Version. We are picking up in Matthew chapter 23. We'll be reading verses 1 through 12 today. And then we'll go over to the Psalms and be in Psalm 45. In the passage today in Matthew, this is a warning against hypocrisy. Again and again, we see Jesus reminding us that as followers of Christ, we are called to be humble, a people who do not judge others, but watch carefully our own lives and seek to live in a way that is in line with what we say. Starting in verse 1. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and their tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And now let's move over to Psalm 45. In the commentary I've been reading through by Douglas Webster, he has such a great review of what Psalm 45 is about that I have to read it for you. He says this, Psalm 45 pivots from heartache and hardship to a royal wedding celebration. The transition from soul-churning lament to soul-inspiring love song captures the extremes of life. The Psalms move us from sorrow and persecution to gladness and joy. And true worshipers live in the reality of the one and in the hope and expectation of the other. Love is too important to be neglected by the poet's passion and the writer's skill. We need artists and musicians to draw out the meaning of life. Love calls for a song. The musicians capture the full sensory experience of the royal wedding, but they do so with a second meaning in mind, the marriage of God and his people. The wedding between Israel's king and his bride becomes the occasion for playing out the drama and redemption on a grand scale. A picture is worth a thousand words, and one of the most effective pictures illustrating the love of God 
is that of the love between a husband and a wife. And so with that, I will read a wedding song. Psalm 45 My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is a pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and you hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia, from palaces adorned with ivory. The music of your strings makes you glad. Daughters of kings are among your honored women. At your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. The city of Tyre will come with a gift. People of wealth will seek your favor. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. In embroidered garments, she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her, those brought to be with her. Led in with joy and gladness, they enter the palace of the king. Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make them princes throughout the land. I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. Now, honestly, even as I read that, I still needed a little bit of help. The end of the commentary talks about how this psalm concludes with a blessing pronounced over the royal couple. Verse 17, I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. So the idea of the perpetuation of a name, if we think about it as a marriage between the people and God, is that the name above all names, the name that is like no other, the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords, this is the name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so here we see even again that, yes, this is a royal psalm about a wedding, but it also is much deeper because every passage of Scripture 
whispers the name of Jesus. As we end today, I want to pray a prayer of reflection from the Diary of Private Prayer on the 14th day in the morning. I'm thinking a lot about what it means to humbly follow Jesus today and not be a person who is outwardly clean, but inside is like a whitewashed tomb. Help us, Lord, to stand today for whatever is pure and true and just and good and for the redemption of daily business from the blight of self-seeking, for the rights of the weak and the oppressed, for the hope of even more glorious days to come. Today, dear Lord, help us to put what is right before our own interest. Help us to put others before ourselves. Help us not to forget matters of the spirit by being too consumed with matters of the body. Help us put attainment of what is true and just and honorable above the enjoyment of present pleasures. Help us put principle above reputation and help us to put you above all else. O God, the reflection of your transcendent glory once appeared unbroken in the face of Jesus Christ. Give us today a heart like His, a brave heart, a true heart, a tender heart, a heart with great room in it, a heart fixed on You for His name's sake. Amen.